For AZPM, I'm Mark McLemore, and this is Arizona Spotlight. Figuring out your place on the internet is definitely a challenge, but it's not something that can't be accomplished. But there are definitely positives to the internet that people aren't necessarily focusing on. On this special edition, we'll look at teens and their use of social media. We'll hear some personal stories from students at Tucson High with reactions from experts who consider the positives and negatives of living part of one's life online. Plus, a visit to a place that connects kids with opportunities to exercise and play. That's all next on Arizona Spotlight. The best way to understand how social media impacts younger generations is to listen to their experiences. Leah Britton and Alicia Vasquez visited the drama classroom at Tucson High on the last week of the school year. They asked some of the students what they wanted to say about growing up with an online presence. My name is Eric Cozy. I am a junior currently at Tucson High, I'm graduating 2024. Um, I'd have to say my experience growing up with social media has been like many different things, some positive, mostly negative. Growing up, I found, I would say, company in the media, talking to strangers online, that type of thing, which is, like, really dangerous. But, you know, when the only, like, company you have is, like, a cellular device, it's, like, all you got to do, you know? And then I'd also say, in a sense, it was positive because I also found, like, a community of people who enjoyed the same things I did, like reading, um, watching dumb stuff like anime or K-dramas. It, like, really brought me peace, and I did enjoy talking to those strangers. I feel like when it comes to online, I feel significantly more confident, especially when it comes to communicating with people I've just seen around. It's just like, oh, yeah, I've seen you around, but I can't, I don't have the confidence to talk to you in person. But when it comes to online, I feel like, it's a lot easier to come across and say things that need to be said, you know? And it's not like terrible to keep kids offline because it's definitely a part of the experience of growing up. You like find interests, things you want to know more about because what's in your house isn't all that's there around the world, you know what I mean? I'm Lily, I'm a junior at Tucson High. I've been on social media for like ever at this point since I was like 10 or 12. I've come a long way because when I was first on like the internet, I would see all these like supermodels promoting these like teas and get skinny and this, this and that. And it's just like that kind of put that image of like, I need to look a certain way and I need to look like this person, this person and this person for, you know, this group of people to find me attractive or consider me pretty. And it's like not a very good start. But for me now, I can comfortably say like I'm comfortable in how I look and how I like present myself because you know social media has also like taught me like to just love myself i can be myself and i have like a great community and great friends that i can like build myself on and be like okay but like it took me a long time to get here because again growing up and kind of having that idea of like what you're supposed to look like to be found attractive or pretty is like very dehumanizing Thinking back on it, it's like, it makes me sad. Like, no, like you should more so embrace how 
you are and how different you are from other people and how like your insecurities kind of bring out the like best in you and bring out who you are because they make you who you are. Uh, my name is Oscar. I'm a senior at Tucson High. I started using social media when I was uh, around 12 years old. I was raised in Mexico, so when I was going to elementary, my classmates didn't have a phone. Like, it wasn't something that I was intrigued towards until I was around, like, 6th, 7th grade. I think there's definitely a lot of benefits to start in social media once you're older because I wasn't exposed to as much as of, like, cyberbullying or, like, the negative effects of social media. And I think as a child, I just learned how to move on from it because the first times like when I first bumped into a bad joke or something I just really disagree with I started like being like in, a, in the comment section I was like hey I hate you for saying that and then you when you get older you start to realize that that's not worth it it's not worth to try to change someone's mind over a screen because it just doesn't end up working out starting to use social media as I was older was uh, something like I appreciate from my parents because when I was a child I was a child like I went outside I played I, I really appreciate that because, well, now it like makes me who I am. Hello, I'm Sky. I'm a junior at Tucson High, and my experience with uh, social media, I started when I was like seven. I started on Facebook, and uh, it's been pretty good. Like, I just moved away from my old town. Like, I have, co I can contact my old friends at any time I need to. Social media has also helped me figure out like myself, other people, like. It helped me figure out my own uh, sexuality, everything, you know. But unfortunately still, I can't even come out of my own shell at school. I've actually started following people who are also new at their schools and stuff, and it's like helping me a little bit. <laughs> uh, this weekend, I've been having a pretty rough time, and just like uh, severe panic attacks this weekend, a lot of them actually, because of a lot of videos I just watched on TikTok, like something that you wouldn't even expect, but... Sunday, I just took a break from it. After I stepped away from social media, like, I, my anxiety wasn't really messing with me much. Like, I still texted other people, but I didn't really watch any videos, see any pictures. It really does help to take a break. Hi, I'm Marley, and I'm a freshman at Tucson High, and I feel like there are multiple different sides to social media and the internet. And I feel like there is one side that's like, wow, there's all this greatness and you're like gorgeous, you're beautiful, you're perfect the way you are. Like there, you have so much like growth inside of you and you're capable of doing all this great stuff. But then there's also the side of the internet that's you're ugly, you're stupid, you're fat, you're like terrible and you're never gonna grow and you're never gonna experience like the things you wanna experience if you're never gonna get anywhere in life. And there's a vast majority of high schoolers that fall into that cycle of trauma on the internet and they try to confide in people who they find on the internet but when you are online it's sort of like you're wearing a mask you're not yourself these people aren't going to see you in real life unless it's somebody who you know it's not hard to like ridicule someone over the internet because this isn't me so why does it matter if i'm not going to get in trouble for it and that ends up turning into more trauma and they just like can't seem to like get themselves out of it and it turns into like depression and anxiety and like a hard time like figuring things out like in person and having trouble finding communities within their school. If you're going to be on social media then you definitely need to like take a step back sometimes and be like whoa. Figuring out your place on the internet is definitely a challenge, but it's not something that can't be accomplished. But there are definitely positives to the internet that people aren't 
necessarily focusing on. My name is Reyes. I'm a junior at Tucson High. My first piece of social media that I started using when I was really young was like, I was like 12 and I started using Snapchat. And I mean, I guess it was good for a little while until it kind of turned negative. Once I got older, I kind of started learning and like I had to teach myself, you know, how to stay away from certain stuff and how to like, you know, differentiate between, you know, the good stuff out there and the bad stuff out there. Social media really is about like staying connected with your friends, like no matter where you are, you know, you get to learn about different like places to live in, just a, a whole bunch of really cool things. Like I've been looking up for like places to live, like, you know, or go to college in and, the, and social media is really helpful for that because you get other people's perspectives on things. Basically what I'm really trying to say here is like social media can be a really cool, really wonderful place if you do it right. Like if you learn like how to like use it like correctly. For example, like in school, it could be like a taught thing where like, you know, they give seminars, mandatory seminars, because obviously kids are probably going to want to go to those. We don't have really a class on how to manage social media. And I think that's a really important thing. And also to like get away from like all the negative outlook on it, because it is really cool. You can't like judge it right off the bat because, you know, you can learn a lot of really interesting stuff that's helpful in the long run. I'm Alex. I'm a junior at Tucson High. So when I first started going on the internet, I wasn't really wanting to talk to anybody, but I of course did because it was really exciting and you find a lot of people that you want to talk to. You find people older than you, younger than you, and you're like, oh, I can help them or I want to learn from them or just I want to interact with them. So I met a lot of friends online interacting with communities, things that I really liked, but I also met some not so great people. Like, I remember this one time, I was on this random Discord server, and this person, like, added me as a friend and started talking to me. I knew this guy was a creep. I, I, I did know they were a creep, and my first thought was, well, let's see what they want. Because it's fun to mess with people online. And he knew my age, and I knew he was a lot older than me, because he was like, he would send pictures and things like that. Not bad pictures, but <laughs> he would send pictures. And he's like, can I get a picture of you? I'm like, Absolutely not. Eventually I talked to him more just because I was like, I'm going to troll this person. Because if you're going to be doing this, then you're going to get messed with. When I think he realized I was vulnerable, I wasn't. But the way he talked to me as if I could have been someone else, like I could have been someone else falling for all of the things he was saying. But he wanted to control everything about me. What I wore, people I talked to, my family, all of this. And it was scary because what if someone was falling for this? What if it wasn't me? Because if you're doing it to me, you're doing it to someone else. And I took a step back and I realized how messed up it was. Being careful is important and not just absolutely try to troll the people you talk to because it could have been a very dangerous situation for me. When people tell you when they're older than you and they don't always seem to understand, the people who just seem like they're spouting nonsense because all they do is critique, like, it's not okay. Stop talking to people on the internet. Get off your phone all the time. Those people are a lot less likely to be listened to than someone who actually, like, has an understanding with you. Thanks to the students from Art Almquist's Tucson High Drama Class for sharing their stories. Susan Miner is a therapist and author based in Florida who's been in private practice for more than 30 years. 
When she was in her teens, Miner was regarded as a supermodel and was featured in the top fashion magazines around the world. She chose to leave that profession to study psychology and to improve her own fractured body image and self-esteem issues. I asked her to listen to what the Tucson High students had to say and share her reactions. Yeah, so Mark, when I listened to the teens, there was a couple things that struck me. One was that they had a place to connect with their friends. And the other one was that there were some difficult times they had, but primarily it was positive. So that's really what struck me. I know a lot of times in the media now they're talking about all the downsides of social media, and definitely there are. But um, I love the idea that there's a lot going right for these teens on social media. Well, I would bring up one comment made by Lily, who was the second voice we heard, who talked about um, looking at social influencers when she was around the age of 12, kind of led her down a dark path where she feels now that at a time when she should have just been, you know, reveling in her childhood play, she was instead doing a lot of research into health supplements and things like that, that these influencers were peddling. In fact, she, she used the term dehumanizing to describe her experience. Yeah, and she was talking about diet teas and things like that, looking at the influencers, how much they worked out and probably how little they ate. That's really a sad part of social media. Um, You know, I experienced when I was younger feeling very terrible about myself, um, looking into diet teas, buying some of them, doing some things to try to get skinnier all the time, including different diets. It's a sad part of being a young girl. I mean, I hope not all girls go through that. Um, I can imagine it was a thousand times worse for Lily than it was for me, though, because I did not have social media. In the pre-social media era, you had already attained the rank of influencer because you were appearing in magazine layouts and on magazine covers and showing to other teen girls what the media wanted to project on them, yet you weren't feeling like you were there yourself. Yeah, and you know, I'd say what the difference would be a couple of things. One is I wasn't saying, okay, this is how I get skinnier. That's one thing. You know, with social media now, they're interacting with their followers um, basically as a way to sell something. And, you know, diet stuff really does sell. The other thing I say that was different is that Back in my day, we would wear a size 8 would be the sample. Um, The sizes have changed. Now a size 8 is either a 4 or a 6, so probably about a 6. I was about a size 6, and um, I think supermodels now are skinnier. We heard from the teen known as Skye, and Skye told about finding a place to learn about their own sexuality and their own identity online that at the time they were living in a small town, they didn't have access to a social group. Even now, Sky admits to a lot of social anxiety, but says that the internet helps them feel better and they feel is helping them work on their social skills. So what would you say to that point? It's a great place, social media, to work on your social skills. I also remember Sky. they said something to the effect of they were watching something and it went down a dark hole and their anxiety went through the roof. Yeah. If something makes us, and everyone's different, feel anxious, it becomes our responsibility to love ourselves enough to turn it off. 
Yeah. That's really what we need to be looking at. Okay, how is this making me feel all the time? What we're consuming, our social media is just like what we eat. Um, We're consuming it. Are we feeling happy afterwards? Are we feeling restless? It's really something to consider. And, you know, these teenagers really brought that to light. Yeah, and Sky and Marley both talked about the idea of taking a break from social media. And that if you do find yourself getting in that situation, being strong enough to turn it off. I found that really uplifting to hear that advice coming from these young people because it's something I need to learn myself. And I'm 53. <laughs> Me too. Me too. It's one thing that I know for sure is that these younger generations are wise. Um, I have a lot of faith in them and I have a lot of hope because I think they can come up with these things better than maybe you and I could when we were that age. In the last participants' conversation, Alex revealed that they had actually gotten involved in a relationship with an older person online, a conversation at least. They knew this person seemed a little bit shady, but it was a decision to try to troll the adult that made Alex stick with that conversation for at least a while. I found that a little bit alarming myself. I I think it's playing with fire. You know, and once you see something, you can't unsee it. Once you hear something, you can't unhear it. Um, I know for myself, I'm very incredibly sensitive. Just the other day, I was at a sushi restaurant, and they had a television, and they had the, I guess it's called AMA Fighting. Is that what it's called? Or MMA. And it upset me. So my my point is this. um, It worried me as well, because I know for myself, I can't unsee something, and it really hits my energy. So I'd be concerned for the teenagers as well. Susan, many of them spoke about balance, and that it's okay to use it, it's okay to not use it. There was a comment from Alex at the very end where they said, the people who are telling you to turn your phones off and put them away, they're just not going to be listened to. One person did say that they don't want to be told just to get off of it. And I think that's a really good point. Maybe something we could ask is, how are you feeling about it today? You know, what advice do you have? What are you doing to take responsibility for how you feel in regards to social media. Yeah, like put it back to them because they're responsible young people. Yeah, it's just so hard for us who didn't have interactive connections when we were younger. Maybe as adults, we tend to overinflate the whole thing. Maybe we make it bigger than it really is sometimes. You know, I hope so. I hope that a lot of what we're seeing is clickbait. So, you know, not to minimize any of the dangers or the difficulties that some young people have had online, because it's definitely the case. But a lot of what we hear is, like I said, clickbait. And the more doom and gloom, the more people are are likely to either share it or read it or whatever, comment on it. Susan Miner is a licensed therapist and the author of Peace Inside, Beauty Outside. You can find more from Susan Miner on the Spotlight page at azpm.org. Next, contributor Alicia Vasquez talks to a researcher who explains some of the data that medical science has revealed. I spoke with Dr. Nosheen Ranjbar, a psychiatrist at Banner University Medical Center, specializing in adolescent psychology. We spoke about the effect that apps including TikTok and Instagram can have on a teen's attention span, gray matter levels in the brain, mental health, and body image. 
it just becomes an outlet that can get completely out of control because it's addictive. And so kids whose brains and nervous systems are already not fully developed, it is so easy for them to get wrapped up into the excitement and that dopamine surge and addictive kind of tendency to just kind of veg out and do something that doesn't really require any higher brain, higher consciousness activity or wisdom. The earlier the, the toxicity and the hits happen, the, the worse in a way, because it's like even more influential than, than later in the life. In general, until the nervous system is fully formed, it is more at risk. And that's true for drugs like cannabis or cocaine or whatever, as well as screens, because those networks are still being built. First, Dr. Ranjbar discussed how adolescent brains aren't fully developed until roughly age 25, and how this leads younger users to become more easily addicted, especially because of its impact on dopamine levels in the developing brain. This is not necessarily a new problem. Even TV commercials and, you know, TV screens have have kind of fed into this materialistic consumerism world of, you know, a quick fix for everything and, you know, what part of you hurts and go talk to your doctor about this pill. But it's a little bit more interactive with the likes and the no likes and, <laughs> and the emojis and so it just, you know, adds to that, especially for a society where so many people feel alone and isolated, especially teens. They kind of find these outlets and then get hooked on them. Ranjbar also addressed how excessive screen time can affect the attention span of younger users, citing research she has done with teens monitoring their ability to maintain attention while performing tasks such as reading. Their ability to read a page of information or watch a slightly longer YouTube video or whatever has really been compromised. And so it's making it a lot harder for them to learn material that truly takes longer than one minute to learn, and, you know, and skills that take, you know, weeks or months to develop. Ranjbar also spoke on the effect that media consumption can have on self-image, especially for young girls. Because it's all happening so fast and it's so superficial on on the level of getting to know someone or like not knowing them at all, really just like looking at them or hearing a couple words they say, it can have the impact of I'm willing to do anything to look like that. And so if that means I'm not going to eat for the next, you know, a few days, that again is bypassing the wisdom, the thinking about things, the thinking about consequences. Ranjbar also spoke on the effect that media consumption can have on self-image, especially for young girls. There have been studies looking at the impact of like mindfulness and meditation and time in nature and physical activity, um, like the healthy stuff in building gray matter and optimizing gray matter. You know, TikTok is like the opposite. <laughs> it's like all the things, the deeper parts of who we are get put on the side because you're so busy just getting more dopamine and and kind of in the motivation and reward uh, kind of rat race of something that's a more addictive, superficial thing versus these other human capacities that require gray matter and help develop gray matter when we do them. So kids who are, you know, playing outside in nature and going on hikes and watching sunsets and smelling the flowers, 
their brain is developing very differently than the ones who are spending most of their time indoor with very little vitamin D and really bad nutrition and like watching things that are shifting from color to color with a bunch of blue light, you know, every 30 seconds. Lastly, she spoke about gray matter, which is a neurological tissue responsible for basic functioning and how social media can affect its levels in the brain. In general, the farther away we come from being in regular interaction with the outside world and natural rhythms and doing things that our ancestors used to do thousands of years ago, the worse off we are when it comes to mental health. Based on her research, Dr. Ranjbar can offer a general strategy to mitigate the ill effects of too much social media. One needs to be able to tune in to what the body is feeling and what emotions are to be able to uh, rise above the immediate reaction of fight or flight. When the messages are just so fast and so chaotic, it impacts how well the child can, can tune back in to what's going on with me. How do I really feel? What do I need? You know, how do I best express myself? There is like a shortcutting of parts of our brain that actually do need to, to work well for us to have empathy and to, to feel things. I'm Alicia Vasquez for Arizona Spotlight. There's a place in downtown Tucson where young people are introduced to a variety of physical activities, including sports, climbing, running, and jumping. It's called Playformance, and they offer supervised classes for people of all ages. The day we visited was during their No Electronics Summer Camp for kids aged between 7 and 13. My name is Anna McAllister Nichols. And my name is Kevin Nichols. Playformance is an adventure playground. The inspiration was uh, our daughter Jolene. She was born about 16 years ago with cystic fibrosis. And we were both teaching at the time in elementary school and decided right instantly that we, we knew we were going to be in a situation that we needed to make more money. So we became entrepreneurs and started a business uh, serving kids, and that's how it started. As teachers, we noticed that kids weren't getting enough physical activity or arts, and that the things that benefited kids the most were being cut from school programs. And we really wanted to meet that need while providing something really valuable and important and giving kids a really authentic childhood. Yeah, I think we've created a space where we see kids come in and and realize pretty quickly that they're in a, a safe environment where they can take physical risk and social risk and not uh, be scared of people making fun of them or you know, saying they're not good enough. It's, it's a very inclusive environment. It's fun to see kids, especially kids who maybe haven't had success in sports, find an outlet, a physical outlet to just let loose and play. And it's a bit of a cliche, but we really believe that play is the language of children and that everyone can speak it <laughs> and everyone can be successful as long as they're following their drive to play, which is, I think, innate in every child. I think a lot of parents are in sort of a fear state surrounding screen time and inactivity among their kids and the fact that their children are not getting opportunities to play and be physically active in a school environment, and they feel compelled and almost scared that if they don't provide that outside of school that their child's not going to get what they need. 
Do you have any rules here, Kevin, about kids having their phones on them or having access to screen time while they're here? Yeah, we are no electronics camp, so kids are not allowed to bring any sort of screen device. If some of our 12-year-olds bring their phones because they need them to contact parents, they have to check them in with us, um, and they can uh, check them in at the beginning of the camp, and then they get to check them out at the end of the day. What do you hear back from, say, a 12-year-old who might be used to having free reign on their phone at home and then realizing here they have to make a choice? Uh, We haven't really got a whole lot of pushback. I think they actually realize that they can have fun without the screen. Um, And it probably makes the screen more enjoyable when they do go home and get on the screen. Um, It's less of them being a slave to their, their device, but more, you know, they've had a chance to be away from their device and now they get to have some fun with the device. So I think it provides a nice balance for the kids. Specifically, we take a group of middle school and high schoolers, uh, we call it the parkour travel team. And when they go on trips, they check their phone in and we give them maybe five minutes a day to text their parents. But the whole trip that we have their phones and kids always comment about how relieved they are and how they just get to be where they are and not have to think about anything else like that and I honestly think it's us we're doing kids a disservice by giving them access to technology and that when we enforce breaks that they're just so grateful in my experience I mean they whine and complain but they're always really appreciative that they can only be one place here comes everybody So you're about to see like a transition of all the kids kind of shuffling to one area to, to finish out the day before pickup. Alright, so can you tell me your first name and your age? I'm Tarek and I'm 13. How long have you been coming to play formats? Probably seven years now. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. So what have you found that you really like here? What inspires you? I mean, I really enjoy the coaches themselves. They're really fun to be around. They're uplifting, they're energetic, and the games themselves, they can be a lot of fun, and I think it's cool that um, some days they have them catered to bigger kids, some days they have them catered to smaller kids. I think uh, it's just, just really cool that they can do both. Do you have your own phone, and are you allowed to go online and do social media? Yep. Do you think that this place maybe has helped you find a balance in that regard? I think it it, it has in some ways. They have given me a reason to set my phone down. Do you think that you've been given opportunities here that otherwise you might not have had in your life? 100%, absolutely. Like, I've made quite a few friends here that I wouldn't have otherwise because I'm down in Vail, so it's cool to see people coming from all over the state. I mean, if you're in Vail, though, you pretty much have to use your phone to communicate with your friends, right? So would you say that friendships that you formed here have gone online as well? Absolutely. One kid here who is here today um, I, the only reason I'm here this week is because he was. Because, you know, we went online, communicated with that. Hi, my name is Avery Bennon, and I'm an employee at Playformance. I've worked here for, I think, about a year now. I'm a coach. Did you attend here as a student before that? I did, yes. I was on the parkour team with my brother, and I was having a really great time, and now I'm a full-fledged employee. What's your favorite thing to do here now that you're a coach? I gotta say my all-time favorite thing is imaginative play. Actually, earlier today I ran a breakout that was um, a bunch of blocks stacked on top of each other, but 
it turned into an airport and we flew all around the world and there were people in all different roles. We had some pilots, we had some people in security and it was just a blast. Do you spend a lot of time uh, online? I do. I definitely like to spend time talking with my friends online and like through texts and discord and stuff. It's definitely cool to have an environment where that's just not a factor, the, the phone. And um, I definitely think that the down-to-earth atmosphere is a welcome change. Do you ever see kids who might struggle a little bit though with that? There's a bit of a struggle sometimes, but once you find something here that's up your alley and that's really fun for you, I think there's not uh, an issue with that anymore. And it's definitely really cool to see kids who maybe didn't want to be here in the first place find a ton of new friends and find like a community for themselves. There's a link on the Spotlight page at azpm.org to connect with Playformance. Thank you for listening to Arizona Spotlight. This show is a production of AZPM. The music is by Calexico. The production engineer is Jim Blackwood. The assistant producer is Leah Britton. I'm producer and host Mark McLemore. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.